Welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, where hunters new and old come to learn and find inspiration from stories of hunts gone by. Everyone is welcome to enjoy the outdoor way of life, and there is no better time to start than right now. So let's head into the great outdoors with your host, Dylan Ray. guys and welcome to bear archery's hunting 101 joining me is a few friends of mine we've got jared larson from onyx aaron amber from nexus outdoors and tom linkowski from lynx taxidermy um now gentlemen before we dive in uh give us all a quick introduction to yourselves um what you do and uh what 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 roles you play uh at the companies you're with go ahead aaron yeah, good afternoon, guys. This is Aaron Amber from Nexus Outdoors, and uh, you'll probably know some of the brands that we represent. We have uh, Scent Lock and uh, Scent Blocker, as well as Tree Spider and a couple other brands. So I'm the president of the organization and uh, look forward to a Friday afternoon uh, fireside, I mean, uh, yeah, uh, death side visit with all you guys today. I wish it was fireside. That'd be quite nice. Um, Jared, what's your role <laughs> over at Onyx, man? What's going on, guys? Jared with OnX here. Um, yeah, I lead all whitetail marketing strategy at OnX and work with our uh, whitetail partners. So, you know, the the hunting publics of the world and the Mark Kenyons, and it's a pretty good gig out here. We're out here in Missoula, Montana, uh, but grew up in Wisconsin chasing all things whitetails, turkeys, and, and waterfowl. So uh, actually head back home to the Midwest for about a month-long trip here in a couple weeks, and I can't wait. That's awesome, man. Tom Linkowski. Other than the greatest taxidermist on the face of the earth, man, give us a quick introduction to yourself. Well, I'm uh, from northwestern Pennsylvania, just outside of Erie. Uh, we're, I'm right in the northwest corner, of, uh, actually right on Lake Erie, and do a lot of walleye uh, mounts and, and just about any game you want to do, I, I cover it. Um, been doing it for almost 30 years, and... Um, I have customers from all over the world come up here for our world-class fishery and and uh, leave their mounts here with you know with me to do and, and then I go on these hunts and I bring a lot of mounts home from them and and uh, promote my business a little bit and expanding my areas some more and, and picking up new customers all the time. And Tom Tom Linkowski is hey Dylan d- yes sir. No, I'm just going to tell you, Dylan, maybe, Tom, we should have a walleye show here because Lake Erie and walleye fishing sounds kind of fun to beat up right now, too. Well, let's, well I'll, I can be there in about 16 hours. <laughs> no. Uh... Well, Dylan, why didn't you have us record this podcast from Lake Erie? Hey, we got a boat and we can get you all, we can get you all out. <laughs> hey, man, let's roll. I, I'm on my way. This sounds like a plan, except uh, my buddy who owns the boat – uh, fractured his ankle today. He was helping a buddy on a roof and fell off the roof and fractured his ankle. So Jeez. it's going to have to be put off till next next summer, which would probably be better anyway. Well, tell him he's got about 16 hours to get better. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's it's pretty good now. The tough part this time time of the year is getting out on the lake. It gets a little rough. Yeah. Tom, Tom Linkowski is the perfect example of one of the reasons I love hunting. Uh, we showed up um, about three weeks ago in the North Main Woods to do some bear hunting and uh, there were 24 other guys in camp, and Tom was one of them. And, uh, you know, we immediately just became friends, hitting it off, and now we text back and forth and, and uh, call back and forth and just check in on each other. And that's just one of the reasons I absolutely love hunting. You know, even if you don't harvest, 
uh, some of the friendships you make inside this, inside what we do, uh, are friendships that last forever. Uh, so before we dive in, on scent control. I do want to give a, a big thank you to some of our friends over at Nexus Outdoors. I don't know, Aaron, if you're familiar with any of those guys over there, uh, but you've got 60 seconds here to give me a rundown uh, on why people need to use um, Oz from Scentlock. Well, I think it's just simple. I mean, and I'll put it, and I'm, I'm a farm kid from South Dakota, so I, I like plain speak. I mean, at the end of the day, when we're out you know, pursuing big game, I, you know, at the end of the day, you got three senses, right? You got, you got sight and you got sound and you have smell. And as it relates to Nexus Outdoors and specifically our, your know, brand Scent Block and Scent Lock, I mean, we're in the business of creating and forging the best technology, if you will, to at least minimize one of those largest variables that we all come, come across when we're trying to pursue big game and that's smell. And, so we obviously have 25 plus years experience in Scentlock and 45 years experience in Scentlock are really a dedicated team of technologists and testing to make sure we bring the best technology to the market, whether it's in our garments um, or it's through our ozone product that obviously can get you prepared for pursuing your game and, and at the end of the day, minimize your order signature, which is still one of the most obviously biggest uh, hurdles that we come across and we're, we're pursuing big game. Yeah. And that's why, uh, that's why we're here today is to talk about how, uh, how we overcome those hurdles. Um, so Tom, start us off with your, um, kind of scent control practices, kind of what you do. Um, not necessarily if you're traveling for a hunt where if you're at home, uh, you're headed out to a tree stand and you can really control, um, what goes on with your clothes before and after the hunt. Uh, what do you do to practice the best scent control you can? Well, first of all, I, uh, I, you know, take the scent free shower and then, uh, I've got the bag that I put my, uh, hunting clothes in with the ozone and use that. Um, and then just play the wind. And, and then I have a, an ozone machine I put up in the tree and, and, uh, put it over, over my head and, and try to do as best I can. And it seems to be working pretty good. I mean, I haven't had too many deer spook on me. I'm just going to pick up on a couple of things that, that Tom had said and, and, you know, Jared, you emphasized, and that is, you know, in this game that we talk about control, it's about minimizing your odor. So I thought that was impressive, Tom, you talked about hair skin. It all starts there. And then, you know, we always say in our company, hunt the wind first. And, and then after that, it's about showing the variables that you can control. And that's your clothing, as, as Tom said. And then, Jared, as you added on to it, it's about playing the animals as well. And, and all that is important to minimize your order signature. So, I was wondering how quickly we would get there. Um, when you said hunt the wind, Jared... Explain to us a little bit um, what the term hunt the wind means and, and the importance behind that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, you got to know uh, the weather conditions on your, where you're heading out, no matter what you're hunting. Um, obviously, with whitetails, in my opinion, the wind gets a little bit tricky in the fact that, you know, a lot of guys hunting from home have particular sets that they're going to go to. They're not necessarily going to hang and hunt. So therefore you're kind of boxed into a particular wind that you're able to hunt. So I guess that would be my definition of hunt the wind. But when you get out here in the, the mountains of Montana, it kind of takes on a different meaning 
like elk hunting, for example, I mean, just with thermals and all of the different wind currents that you can find in the mountains, um, you know, playing the wind, it really becomes exactly what that is, is, I mean, shoot, I've sat on a mountainside for, you know, an hour or two waiting for the wind or thermals to switch to be able to chase a, a bull that's bugling in his bed or what have you, you know. I mean, you can do all the preparation and, and take all the right steps to eliminate your scent. Um, but at the end of the day, if your wind's blowing right to their nose, you're probably not going to be in great shape. Yeah, and uh, like I said, I was I was interested to know how click how quickly we would get to hunt the wind um, because it's it's you always have to remember that no matter no matter how well you practice scent control you're always going to have scent and we always have to hunt the wind. You can have the best scent control practice in the world. Um, but if you don't hunt the wind, there will be deer bust you. So hunting the wind is the number one, most important thing when it comes to scent control. Now, Aaron, I'll let you dive into this because you probably know the science more behind it, uh, than I do. But what is ozone and how does it work and how do we as hunters utilize it. It's something that's relatively new to the hunting industry. Um, and it's taken the, the hunting industry by storm, uh, for great reason. Um, but, but what is it and, and why does it work the way it does? Yeah. Thanks Dylan. I mean, essentially how ozone works, it's a, it's a very formal technology in the world. And literally what ozone does is ozone three molecule. And what happens with O3 is O3 will uh, basically take an odor string, which is a group of molecules that creates an odor. And when the, an odor string is created, it vaporizes and creates stuff that we smell from our, our nose. So how ozone works is that O3 will actually break that group of molecules that combine together to create an odor and basically separate and destroy it, which if those, those molecules are not joined, they can't form a scent. So essentially that's how ozone works is it breaks apart that odor string and creates really a benign uh, odor signature. And that's why it works so, so well. Now ozone, here's the beautiful part about ozone is it can work inside of your pickup truck. It can work inside of your, inside of your hunting tote with your clothes. Uh, you can put it in your entire closet. You can put it in your boots. You can put it anywhere and run a cycle of ozone on that product and it works on everything, even on hard surfaces. So if my bow is in my truck and I run a cycle of ozone, uh, in my truck, it, it destroys all the odor. And, and that's, what's so good about ozone, um, is that you can work it anywhere. You know, I'm not going to go through and I'm not going to go through with a bottle of scent spray and spray my entire truck. Um, but I can certainly throw out an ozone generator in my pickup uh, at night before I go hunting and run a cycle of, uh, throughout the night. So that's what's so good to me about ozone is I can run it anywhere and cover all my bases with it. Um, now, Tom, what's your experience with ozone? Well, I've been using ozone for probably 15 years. I, I used it before it came out commercially in the hunting business. Um, I used to sell ozone machines. Uh, a guy approached me in my taxidermy shop and said, you know, I've got a, a machine that can get rid of all these foul odors that you have in your shop. Make it feel, make it smell like fresh air every time, every time you come in the shop in the morning. And he's let me leave you a machine here. 
and uh, try it out. Try it overnight. So I did. I come out there the next morning. It smelled like it smells just after you get a fresh rainstorm, you know, nice, fresh, clean air. And um, so I said, well, what do I got to do to get one of these machines? He said, well, they're they're about 600 bucks. And I said, well, that's a little pricey. And he said, uh, but if you sell six of them, you get, you get, well, actually five, you get the six one for free. So I went, I said, I'll do that. So I went around to some salons and, and sold my five machines and got mine for free. Started using it in my shop and hunting season rolled around. And I thought, you know what, if this is destroying odors in my shop, I'm going to make myself a little closet and put my hunting clothes in there and run that machine in there. And, uh, it took my odors out of my clothes. You could tell it. You could smell the odors were gone. And uh, so in in uh, absence of using the machine in the tree, I was uh, using it to deodorize my clothes. And uh, it seemed to work pretty good. But um, like I told you at Bear Camp, you know, I was using ozone way before, you know, these commercial ones came out for hunting the smaller units. And actually the company that I was dealing with with these ozone machines did make a smaller one for like a, a small bedroom or something like that. And, um, but I guess I missed the boat on commercially producing them and selling them to the hunting industry. But, um, I know they work. Could have been fun. rich, Tom. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, maybe something else will come up. Dylan, I should also go on the record and, and make sure I do my, 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 my fiduciary and legal responsibility for our company and, Certainly all those aforementioned areas where ozone can be used from your hunting room to your truck, to your closet, to your, your clothes preparation, that's where, that's where Scentlock uh, starts and ends with our ozone application because uh, Ozonics does have um, um, opportunity and has the only right to advertise and promote ozone in the field. So I also want to make a clarification for the user base and for my friends over at Ozonics if, uh, to make sure that you hear from me, we're not promoting using it in the field. I certainly hear what Tom's doing and, 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 and certainly Jared is probably as well, but we certainly don't advocate our units in the field. Uh, we advocate them up to the hunt and uh, using obviously our carbon technology while hunting. So just want to make that clarification in case we have a lot of friends listening today. Absolutely. Now, Jared, walk us through um, walk us through your your scent control practices um, from start to finish. So, washing your clothes. What do you do with them then? Before you get to the hunt. When you get to the hunt. Um, after your hunt. Um, walk us through your practices to ensure that you're as scent free as can be. Yeah, for sure. And and before I start, Aaron, I'm actually super interested in into hearing some about um, scent locks differences compared to ozonics and stuff, but we'll, I'll, I'll let you get there later. But um, so what I'm doing is obviously washing clothes in scent killer soap. Uh, same with Tom, you know, I got the scent killer soap bars that I'm going to lather up with before heading into the field. And then I actually have an ozonics that I've had for, oh shoot, I don't know, a while now. Um, initially it was a, uh, it was a large investment, but it's been worth its weight in gold. It, it's incredible the amount of deer I've had come downwind and they kind of, you know, throw their nose up because they smell something that's that's off, but they don't ever really seem to react to it. And, that, and that's been amazing. Um, but rubber boots, always wear rubber boots. Um, during the rut, I usually have like a little scent drag with me. Uh, a lot of times I like to, after I wash my clothes, I try to like hang them outside for a full 24 hours. 
Um, I definitely like throw hunting clothes in a bin, throw my ozonics in that bin and turn it on and let that get blasted with ozone. Um, you know, pretty much all the precautions that, uh, that you guys have already talked about, I'm taking as well, but it's been really interesting, you know, growing up in Wisconsin and being so whitetail centric, you come out here and all these, uh, Westies that, that I work with, um, you know, they don't really wash their clothes. They don't do any scent control practice. They all, they're just ah, play the wind. Um, and so it's, it's funny hunting with hunting buddies when you can clearly smell, they haven't, uh, you know, washed any of their clothes in a scent, scent killer anytime in the recent past. But, um, you know, if you get a consistent enough wind, you can sometimes pull that off. Yeah. I know exactly what you're saying, man. I remember my first uh, kind of out West hunt, you know, you're sleeping in a tent with the dudes. They can't tell you they don't lie. <laughs> yeah. They can't tell you they don't stink. Um, you can stink and smell them. Uh, but that's, it, it just, it goes to show the difference in regions. You know, I grew up a, as a kid with my dad preaching to me, uh, about scent control and, you know, being a kid, it, he'll throw you in the shower and say, wash your hair real good and make sure and get everything boy. And then he'll spray you down to where you're dripping wet with scent spray before you go into the woods. And, and, and like you said, we, we, we are consumed with scent control as a Midwest deer hunter, but then you go out West and these guys are chasing elk in the mountains. And, and of course you, when you're chasing elk in the mountains, you can't stop and, and go bathe in a Creek with scent soap and then spray down and then ozone your clothes. I mean, you can't, um, so there are different practices taken. And when it comes to scent control, um, in the mountains, let me just say, Merino wool, and I'm sure all you guys will jump on board, uh, Merino wool is the best thing to practice when it comes to um, being out west, chasing elk for multiple days. Um, you know, you can wear the same Merino socks for, for 10 days and you don't even smell them. Um, so so well. I, <laughs> he said, you must not stink as bad as I do then. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but But there are things that we can practice no matter what. But... Being a Midwest deer hunter, we certainly have the opportunity and we certainly have the ability uh, to put more thought and practice into our scent control. But at the end of the day, like Tom mentioned in the first 13 minutes, or the first 13 seconds, I'm sorry, it all comes back to hunting the wind. It all does. Um, yeah, Dylan, I just say, though, is that, you know, out west, what's changed is that certainly there's some fabrics like merino that are inherently resistant to you know um carrying odor and um but i would tell you this ozone thing has made a difference i went sheep hunting for 14 days two years ago i went elk hunting um last year and what i have seen change is is definitely hunt the wind first in the elk woods and out west but i will tell you with um with wipe downs i mean we wipe down every night you know you get on your you get into your, your, your chones and you'd be wiping down with, with wipes to get the scent. And then what we were doing a lot is run ozone on our clothing. And I would tell you out west, it's not about elimination like we would see the whitetail woods. But I'm telling you, by minimizing and doing some of those, those hygiene issues in the west, um, with treating your ozone at night or your clothes at night with a portable ozone unit to wiping yourself down, I mean, there could, there's a situation where you get one or two more steps and an elk coming in, even with squirrely winds, that might be the difference maker. So out west is absolutely the toughest situation from press, uh, 
perspiration to, to all those bad things that happen from long times in the wood. But there are some things you can do, which, which I would advocate to at least, at least improves your opportunity, if you will, in that tight corridor. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll throw, I'll throw a big agree there on the scent killer wipes. Um, I I've been slacking this year, but in the past, I definitely would carry a pack in my pack and, and those definitely make a difference. Yeah. And I, uh, you know, I never, when I had, I still got kids in diapers, but um, when I had two kids in diapers, I would go through diaper wipes like there was no tomorrow. And uh, and then I realized, man, these diaper wipes are scent free. They stayed here on the pack. Um, so I remember going to the mountains and pulling out, you know, they had your, they had the, the hunting branded um, scent wipes and i pull out like a case of baby wipes and I'm like what in the world are you doing bro and i'm like it's scent free just like yours and so i was taking baby wipe showers every night you know with wipes um but it worked i mean yeah you're right uh like i said there are things we can do in the mountain uh to to help with scent control um but when it comes to deer hunting it's so much more prevalent and we just have that more time to put in now aaron uh you guys came out with one of the uh, greatest products I think to ever be released on the on the in the hunting industry, and that's the infuse. Tell me about the infuse. Well, thank you, Dylan. I mean that's pretty humbling. Uh, we've seen a lot of great products, but um, I would say the infuse is what we did it. So as you can imagine, with our portfolio brands, we sell a ton of sprays, both in the Scent Shield line. And the, and the scent lock line, we have wipes, we have laundry detergent, we have all the sprays to basically kill, you'll kill scent on you, be a good antimicrobial, kill ambient odors on your clothing, et cetera. And we had this idea where certainly we had ozone machines and ozone machines to, to all the pre, pre-mentioned situations, we also knew it recharged carbon. And in product development, we were like, man, wouldn't it be awesome <laughs> If you could have general tap water, and what if we were able to infuse, if you will, ozone or O3 into water and have a spray that doesn't have shelf life, have a spray that has on on our infused sprayer, we have a nozzle, it's a 360 nozzle that sprays the smallest mist droplets ever. um, That So if you think about a natural spray that we have in the scent in, in our scent lineup today or the ones you guys have used to the size of the water droplet it has to hit bacteria or scent if you will on clothing and or hard goods and every drop that it hits it has to be able to kill something well the larger the drops the greater the surface area in between that doesn't get treated so we infuse ozone into water we have a 360 nozzle that that makes fine mist and actually you spray that on your hard goods or your clothes and it has an instant immediate impact to bacteria which is the largest producer of all scent and that's our infused product so we're excited you push a button it recharges up to 40 hours you take it to the back country take filtered water clearly you don't want to go down the pond and grab some mucky old pond water and it instantly, within 40 seconds, charges that water with ozone, and you spray it wherever you need to, skin, boots, hard goods, clothing, and or if you're in the whitetail woods, it's, it's a gift that keeps on giving. And we've been super excited. We've had so much customer response this year. 
Um, I actually use it, believe it or not, as much in the house as I use it in the hunt field. I use it on my countertops because it's chemical free. Um, I use it on fish when I went, um, you know, Tom, when I'm over there fishing, uh, fishing Lake Erie, I'm about three and a half hours away. I'm using it on my fish fillets when I get done to kill all the bacteria. I'm using it on the meat uh, when I bring it back to camp. I I'm using it on my hands for fish smell. I mean, I'm using it everywhere. I'm using it on my, uh, my truck when my dog jumps in. I mean, it's infused ozone into water, and it, it is unbelievable the success we're having with it. And again, you never have to worry about shelf life or product, and it's, it's, it's chemical-free. So we're super excited, Dylan, about it, and we run it through all the testing, have such phenomenal testing results, and it's been really a great thing to talk about. Yeah. And I just, I just wish that they would come back in stock so I can stink and order one. That's what makes me the most mad. Good problem, good problem for you guys. Bad problem for me. Um, now, the only thing I got from all of that, Jared, was that he's only three hours from Tom. So me and you are the only ones that got to drive to go fish with Tom. Yeah, I got a trek. I got a trek, boys. <laughs> You've got the longest trip, but we're gonna make this happen. I'm going to put my 621 away here pretty soon. Maybe I should leave it out and bring it over there and we all jump in, right? Let's go. We do have an airport if you don't want to drive. <laughs> Very good. Well, I will uh I will I will be there. I can promise you that. I don't know when, but I will be there. Now, before we move on, I do want to mention since I got Jared on the phone, I do want to mention um that this year Bear Archery and Onyx have partnered in a huge way. And when you buy select bows from Bear Archery, you get a free membership to Onyx. So that's big. Um, that's a that's a money saver. Um, Onyx is is a vital part of my hunting routine, and so to get that free when you buy a brand new bear bow is huge. So um, I'm excited about it, and I hope you'll be excited about it too. Uh, but also, both of these gentlemen on the phone, don't forget to get entered to win our giveaway because we are giving away a um, Radial Nano by Oz from Scentlock. We're giving away a elite membership to Onyx. We're giving away a brand new 2021 bow from Bear Archery. And although we're recording this before the bear release date, um, I still can't say which, which bow it is, um, but we're giving away a brand new 2021 Bear Archery bow fully set up for you, and we're giving away an Alps Outdoors Traverse EPS, as well as a minus 33 Merino wool gift card. So a uh, huge giveaway um, that Scentlock and, and Onyx happen to be a part of. So make sure and go get entered to win that giveaway. Now, we have started a newer segment on the show, and it is Hunting 101 Field Notes. So, gentlemen, I want you to give me a quick, a quick and easy tip when it comes to scent control um, that you've learned in the woods. And what I want here's here's what I love about field notes, uh, particularly these short and easy little snippets of of tips. Is I always want to be able to pull something from my arsenal if I'm on a hunt. Um, I want to be able to say, well, I remember Jared from Onyx told me this, so I should give that a shot. Or I remember Tom told me this. Um, so so I I love the field notes um, that I get to to just pull from and remember and have in my arsenal. So um, who wants to start us off with a quick a quick field note you got for us? Oh, I'll I'll go. One one just popped into my head for me that uh, has has fairly recently resonated with me. 
Uh, I was actually back home in Buffalo County on a, on a whitetail hunt last year. And, um, you know, the tree stand I was sitting in, the wind was just so dang squirrely. You know, it wasn't staying consistent and I just didn't have confidence that I was going to be able to get it done from that particular tree stand. And so something I've been doing is like, if I, if I don't feel good about my shooting lanes, whether it's that or the wind or whatever it may be, like, don't be afraid to get a little bit more aggressive, get out of that tree stand and go set up on the ground. So like in that particular night, the wind was squirrely kind of blowing right where I didn't want it to, um, not consistently, but every once in a while. And so I just climbed down out of that tree, made a little ground blind where I was going to have far more consistent wind and, uh, actually had a stud nine pointer come out at, at 50 yards right at last light. And I wasn't able to get a shot on him, but you know, I, at least it put me in the game and, um, you know, put me in the right spot where I wasn't going to blow him out of there. Absolutely. What do you got for us, Aaron? Well, I would tell you this is that, um, if, if, if you could do one thing, there's two places of your body, you have two orifices on your body where bad stuff comes out. One is down south, and the other one's your head and your your mouth, basically. So I would tell you this: if you're taking a buddy hunting, or um, you don't know where to start with scent control, we talked about some tips today. But if you, if you do one thing for me, get a scent lock face mask, if you will, because the scent that comes off of your head or out of your mouth, people always overlook that as it relates to scent control, and that's probably I would say in a lot of cases. Uh, a third plus of your odor signature that gets emitted through your mouth or through your head. So I would tell you it's the cheapest way to get in scent control outside of some of the things we mentioned earlier today. So wear a face mask when it when, when, when it, it comes down to time and you got wind, use a face mask and you'll be a lot better off. Absolutely. Now, um, I have heard too, and I said this in a, in a, in another field note tip, um, that apples uh, are, are a natural odor neutralizer. So eating an apple um, can take away some of the scent in your mouth. Um, so so I always say carry an apple with you when you go hunting and uh, and eat that for your snack in your tree stand uh, because it, it, it'll, it'll help neutralize the odor in your mouth. Um, my tip for scent control would be to, to not forget hard goods. Um, spray down your bow. If you film your hunt, spray down your camera. Um, if you, you know, you, whatever it is, um, spray everything down. You know, a lot of times we think, uh, well, I got to spray my backpack, my clothes, my boots, whatever. Um, but spray your hard goods down too, because those will hold odor as well. Not as much, uh, but those will hold odor. Now, Jared, I want to go back to one thing you said earlier, and that was always wear rubber boots. Um, rubber doesn't hold odor as well as as leather does leather uh will pick up everything so i loved the point you made about wearing rubber boots um and it's another thing out west you know you never see anybody wearing wearing muck boots when they're running around the the mountain um but but rubber does um wick away odor and 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 doesn't hold odor as well as 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 leather so um i i, I love the point you made about rubber boots Amen. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think pretty much at least for everybody that I see rubber boots are definitely, uh, the mainstream thing in the whitetail woods these days. Yeah. Um, well, Jared, you'll laugh, but I, I was cheating last week cause I was out chasing deer and antelope. And I said, you know what? I just won't put my rubber boots on. And 
for President Sentlock and Nexus Outdoors doing that, that's kind of a cardinal sin. But I, you know, I was traveling and I was just like, I can't get my rubber boots in here. And it's amazing when I went from antelope hunting into deer hunting and I tried to take a really good trail on my deer hunting stand. And guess what happened? It's not that they busted, but it gives them something to freaking nose around with. And it just creates a situation where you don't want to. So I, again, I said, it's all about the little things. And I love the rubber boot comment because not that it killed me, but it gave them one more thing to talk about. And that's the last thing you want when you're pursuing deer. Absolutely. It is. Um, now gentlemen, before we go, send us off with a, a hunting story you got for us. Now deer hunting, um, deer season is open for most, uh, but really we're about to get in the heart of it with, with November rolling around on us. So, um, send us off with a, a fun deer hunting story you got for us. I don't know. I think what I would tell you is that I, I finally drew an Iowa tag last year and, um, I don't know if everyone remembers the weather in the Midwest last year, but it's, it's a perfect weather when you're hunting a pearl company. Um, because I was 30 miles north of Missouri border and you know, you always wish when you start hunting November 1st, right after Halloween, you're like, man, I don't know if it's going to be lockdown or warm weather. It's going to be one of the two. And, and we actually have phenomenal weather and, and I hunted longer than I should have, but I, I guess my, my point to, to the audience is, is that, Sometimes you got to persevere and be really, really honorary because after 12 days of hunting, um, the last couple days, I said, you know, my traditional approach, and it's a little bit of what Jared said. It's a little different than, you know, change it up because of wind control. I said, you know what? I, I got to hang and bang. And on the last couple days, I went to a ridge, you know, way up in the thicket where I thought some does were bedding and, and, uh, you know, just got lucky in one of those, those, those 10 o'clock bucks that got out of their bed and kicked off a doe and I was able to shoot a great buck and, and, um, you know, it's just sort of adapting, you know, like Jared said, the, the situation and, and if it's not working, you know, how they say you better try something different or don't expect different results. And, and so I would just tell the audience, you know, as we get closer to the rut here and you have opportunity to get out, just keep your head in the game know that you know i could have went home after you know eight or nine days and been disappointed and sometimes you just got to push through and luckily god graced me that morning and an opportunity to, to kill a really nice deer and and uh so just keep your head in the game if you're chasing something keep after it change your tactics and and just remember it can happen it can all turn around in about six seconds which is what mine did so good luck to everybody this fall as they go in and and you know I would tell you, write movies that Hollywood can never script, because that's what we're in the business of doing out there, experiencing the great outdoors. I like that quote, man. I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that. Jared, what do you got for us? Uh, no, one story I got is actually from last year. Good buddy of mine, uh, Dylan Dowson, works at Onyx with me. Uh, we take a, a little community marketing team deer hunt every year over to eastern montana and he actually grew up in eastern montana but he'd never he'd never shot like a mature whitetail um he shot a bunch of good mule deer and and um he really wanted to shoot a mature whitetail last year and he and i were actually hunting together on the first morning um some super like broken country as far as public private so completely using the the onyx app to navigate and uh you know how it goes out west we we're playing you know spot it got it type of deal and I glassed up just a, a beautiful 10 point white tail coming up out of this, this private drainage. And, uh, he actually hopped over this fence and like 
just this, you know, almost like an Oklahoma panhandle type sliver of public land. Um, and so Dylan and I went, made this half mile loop around to make this play on him and, uh, crested this little knob and like a bonehead, I crested the knob with my binos in my hands and Dylan crested the knob with the rifle in his hands. And so we, <laughs> we crested this knob and, uh, and it's like, holy smokes, he's right there, you know, like 140 yards or something like that. And he's literally, you know, first thing I do is I confirm it's the deer that I spotted earlier with my binos. Next thing I do is I pull up the on X app to, cause like, I'm like, okay, yup, he's on public and Dylan's sitting there looking through the scope of his rifle and, uh, and I'm like, dang, he's right on the edge of public. And and Dylan's like, well, I'm I ready. And, and I was like, yeah, dude, just kill him. Like one, one in the hand is better than two in the bush. And so so Dylan whacked him and it ended up being like 152 inch 10 point off, you know, public land, which Dylan was just stoked on. And uh, uh, I'm sure all you guys feel the same that it's pretty much just enjoyable to share a successful hunt with a good buddy as it is to notch the tag yourself. And frankly, he he repaid the favor and I shot a respectable mule deer the next day. So it all worked out. And that was a, and that was a gorgeous deer, man. So, so even, even if you didn't get to harvest it, to be a part of it, um, is, is special because that was a, a beautiful whitetail, especially to be taken off public ground. Um, just an absolute giant and a gorgeous deer. So, um, congratulations to you both, man. Um, well, gentlemen, Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, guys, I would encourage you uh, to go get entered to win our giveaway because both of these guys um, work for companies that, that give absolute incredible products, and we're going to give some to you. So make sure and get entered to win the giveaway. Make sure and go check out Onyx. Uh, make sure and go check out all of, of Nexus's brands. Make sure and check out Lynx, Taxidermy, and PA. Um, and, and gentlemen we will be going to fish um lake erie together sometime um so so get ready for that put it on your calendars but gentlemen thank you so much for coming on i appreciate it uh good luck to everybody this fall and i hope you have a great week <laughs>